Hello, everybody, and welcome to the You Thought Sports Podcast. I'm back here with the usual cohort of Lucas, Bart, Jared, and Wyatt. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to discuss today. We got some NBA playoffs. We got some NFL news. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cover it all. Uh, but we're gonna start out per usual with stuff that we've missed over the past week. Um, first, again as usual, we're gonna start out with golf news. Um, it's, you know, it's what we always do. Uh, it's a golf podcast after all. Uh, but Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship. He's the oldest golf major winner ever. Um, which I think is somewhat surprising given yeah, golf's reputation. Surprising. He was 50, I think, on the dot. Yep. Um, but but yay, Phil. Um, happy for him. Um, but yeah, in terms of, <clears throat> also got a ton of NBA news as alluded to earlier. In terms of surprises so far, we have the Mavs up 2-0 on the Clips. Always love seeing the Clips go down. Definitely <laughs> brings me brings me joy. Um, we got Nuggets and Blazers at 1-1. Not a huge surprise, but... Um, should be a good series. And have the Jazz played again yet? Because they're are they still down one zero to the Grizzlies? Oh, they played tonight. Play. They're gonna play tonight. Um, but anyway, as of this moment, the Jazz are the number one seed is down to the Grizz, um, and apparently also without an angry Donovan Mitchell. Uh, moving on over into some NFL news, we have Julio Jones this week saying that he was out of here when talking about his future in Atlanta. Um, apparently though, I was informed just before the show by Jared that he did not know he was on air at the time that he said that. (laughs) And there apparently may be legal implications to the fact that the call was recorded without him knowing. So (laughs) I don't buy that one bit. (laughs) Really? That he he didn't know he was on air. I I believe he wasn't on it and he's covering his tracks because there is no implication for Shannon Sharp whatsoever to make that call. I think that they were, he was in on it. It was planned to get Julio out. He apparently he requested a trade about a couple months ago, and he still hasn't been traded, of course. So he's like, "Oh no, it was recorded. What? The public heard that? Oh darn! <laughs> Terrible. Well, now that now the Falcons but, have no leverage, so that's not who they're super pissed. That's, yeah, that's true. Hey, they got they got Kyle Pitts. So you know what else do you need? Yeah. You don't need Julio. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, in terms of other golf news we missed, uh, we have that Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau apparently hate each other. Um, during an interview, Kepka visibly rolled his eyes when DeChambeau walked behind him on camera and then said, I lost my train of thought, yeah, hearing that bull crap. Um, and obviously replaced <laughs> crap with the beep. Um, but, and apparently Kepka tweeted his sympathies for Aaron Rodgers being paired with DeChambeau for the golf match against Tom Brady and Phil. Um, and that really is the, yeah, <laughs> we love a good golf rivalry. I don't think we have yeah. enough of those, enough bad blood in golf. And also the, yeah, the most hyped, I think, golf thing of the season is going to be uh, featuring NFL players, which is fun. Um, yeah. but anyway. that, that, to add to that too there's a funny thing that uh the beef has been going on for a while i actually did not know i read an espn mm-hmm. article about it apparently like brooks kepka at one point was like featured in some like men's fitness journal or something <laughs> and then right after that bryson DeChambeau started getting yoked <laughs> really? Really funny. <laughs> maybe maybe He's unrelated but like fitness, it, happened, yeah. it happened at around the same time which i think is funny the uh, the still image of like him rolling his eyes has like been flooded across the internet over the past yeah. days too there's been some really really good it's content super, that's come out of that yeah it's super emphatic or very visible 
I'm telling you, this is good for golf. It's too respectful. It is good generally. for golf. We're um, talking but... about <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the barometer of how golf is doing these days, whether it makes it on here. Yeah. <laughs> we are the tastemakers. What can we say? Um, yeah. but... Anyway, back to some NFL news. We got more Aaron Rodgers drama. He didn't show up to voluntary OTAs for the Packers, um, along with the, the Packers' top five wide receivers. Um, Aaron Rodgers also went on Sports Center for Kenny Mayne's like last show ever. Um, and spoke about his issues with the team. He had lots of philosophical things to say. Um, yeah. And I quote, it's just kind of about a philosophy and maybe forgetting that is about the people that make the thing go. It's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. Amen. Quote Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, inspirational. <laughs> Hang that up on your wall. Uh, but... I will. <laughs> <laughs> In totally sports news, otherwise we have Guy Fieri signed <laughs> three-year yeah max <laughs> contract a three-year 80 million dollar contract with the food network didn't realize that was allowed under current salary cap rules uh, but, but, but we're happy for kai it's huge somebody else must have been courting him like why the cooking channel yeah <laughs> He would just start his own empire, like exactly. start his own network. Like <laughs> he, he doesn't need food them. network, yeah. Uh-huh. He's bigger than well, the, food network, yeah. The fixer upper people, Chip and Joe. Yeah, they did the wherever they are, they started their own their own channel, so. exactly. So there's yeah. I don't know, there's precedence. So I, I guess I guess Guy was lured back for the moment though. Three years from now though, watch out, Guy Fieri T V. <laughs> coming your way the decision that's a subscription yeah. exactly <laughs> boys and girls I, club of yeah. <laughs> la I'll for, for a guy theory plus like when we, <laughs> yeah. when we exactly <laughs> that is a subscription <laughs> i'm paying for <laughs> okay and anyway to wrap up this really long news we missed um we're gonna wrap up with some baseball there were zero no hitters this week crazy i miss them already um <laughs> disappointing really um we also have joe west a notoriously bad umpire um set the mlb record for games umpired so that's exciting um and he's consistently in player polls ranked as one of the worst umpires in baseball if not the worst Interesting. Um, yeah in 20 in the 2011 players poll he was voted the worst umpire by 41 percent of players there are a lot of umpires out there that's a really (laughs) high percentage Uh, but anyway so happy for joe west um, who also apparently does country music on the side so he doesn't even need this okay um but yeah (laughs) um and that is that is the news we missed this week um and that's the episode we're done um but no (laughs) we'll move on to actual stuff now we're going to start out with some nba talk um specifically we're going to start with the Lakers Sun series. We had the Suns win game one. The Lakers took game, a pretty tight game two. Um, but I mean, the Suns are the two seed. The Lakers are a seven seed. And yet, despite this, a ton of pundits were, you know, really pushing the narrative of the Lakers winning. Um, Lucas, how big of a detriment is it to the sports media that they seem to push this narrative over teams' actual performance? Or do they actually have a point in picking the Lakers? First off, I don't think they have a point. We'll get into that later. But I do think it is a huge detriment to sports, or at least the confidence with which everybody's like, Lakers in five. Like, that was clearly misguided. But turning to the question, I do think it is a huge detriment to sports. Sort of tying it into, like, another reporting thing briefly. 
I remember a few months ago there was a tweet that went viral and was really rightfully dragged from a reporter. I think it was at CNN. I spent like 20 minutes mm-hmm. looking for this tweet today and I couldn't <laughs> find it. It might have been deleted. But it essentially, um, the reporter tweeted, quote, it's so good that after the last few years, we as reporters no longer have to assume the government is lying to us, which is the exact wrong way you should approach reporting on anything. Like, I know we had, like, a cartoon villain in office for, like, the previous four years before this, but, like, you should not assume that just because that is gone that, like, the government is always going to tell the truth because they absolutely will not um, all the time that it should be your job as a reporter to sort of analyze and critique that and not push narrative mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the actual facts of things. And I think that's what the sports media often does is that they push these narratives because of their connections over actual facts. And I think the best case is with the Suns and Lakers series. Every single pundit, every single one of them, I heard, picked the Lakers to win the series. I did not see a single person watching ESPN or TNT that picked the Suns. You can maybe prove me wrong, but I think they all picked the Lakers. And like I said before, it was done with such such confidence like they're like lakers in five <laughs> lakers in four lakers in five and i mean just, i don't know how you could watch basketball this year like i did not watch that many lakers or some teams but i watched a few i looked at the standings and i'm like you know what the sun's pretty good this year they were the number two seed in the west and the lakers have not yes they've had injuries ad has been off but drummond's a flop lebron, LeBron is older not quite as dominant as he used to be I think there's just a bias in favor of LeBron and the Lakers. And I, I feel like I make this qualification all the time. I love LeBron. I think he's the greatest player of all time. Um, but I think Bart mentioned this in our pre-show notes, that LeBron moving to L.A. was the perfect storm of like nonstop media coverage, like media just fawning over a player and a team. Yeah. And I think we saw this earlier in the year with the whole year 18 discourse. When everybody's like, you know what? LeBron deserves it. Like, There's no way like anybody else is doing this in year 18. And we're like, yeah, like that's not what the award is, but there's just that sort of like need to push the little the LeBron centric narrative, and like I get it, he gets hyped up because he's in LA and media members like are close to him, want to be friends with him, and, like all that sort of stuff. But I think it hurts the quality of coverage when, like, you just have this idea of what's going to happen going in, and you don't take a critical eye. To it. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. Like I think. They've already been proven wrong in the fact that the Suns won, won the first game, regardless of what happens in the rest of the season, the series. I think it was obviously never going to be as easy as everybody assumed it would be. Mm-hmm. And I think that hurts the quality of the coverage. Why do you think it matters, though, in the context of sports media? Like, I get, like, in like in politics and government, but, like, in sports media, why do, why do you think it matters? Because I think that, like, What's the point in ever ever having commentators if they're not going to provide insight? Like, why can't I just watch the game and, like, make my own? Like, the, the, the purpose of a commentator is that they give you insight as an expert, like, help you understand the game better. And if they're all just, like, Lakers in five, year 18, like, what's the point in that? Like, I don't think that adds anything to my viewing experience. Hmm. I agree. I don't know. I don't, I don't like, I, I guess I get it. I don't really think it's that big of a problem. I don't think it's that detrimental to like sports media. Like people don't really want to watch, like don't watch at least the talking heads for analytics. They just want to watch them be completely ridiculous, right? Like Skip Bayless has been on the air for freaking 20 years or however long because he just like has takes that are detached from reality. And that's why people watch him, <laughs> you know? Like he, he seriously does though. Like I just was watching him going off about, how LeBron is not clutch, like which is completely detached from reality. I'm not sure what he's looking at, but like that's but that's that's why people watch though. 
I don't know, but sports media is more than just the talking, like, videos. But I mean, no, but that's who, the people, that's who Lucas was citing, it. though. Lucas was citing, like, the talking heads. Okay, well, the right. written ESPN predictions for this series had 17 of 18 predictions going to the Lakers, not talking heads. So there's definitely, like, I think there's a, a big market for, like, analytical objective analysis. And, yeah, I think ESPN is probably the biggest culprit where they don't necessarily give you that. I, think I do think that a lot of sports media has moved far into maybe a trendier space where you just kind of pick the spot that's yes. going to get you clicks yeah. or get yeah. a younger audience to kind of view. But I also agree with Jared that narratives make basketball fun and they make it easier to watch because then you either buy into the narrative or you don't, Lucas. If you don't believe in the uh, Lakers in, in five and year, year 18 LeBron and all that stuff like that, then you're just – then that's your – prerogative prerogative excuse me it's your prerogative to root against it and that's what makes it fun because a lot of i mean that's what what made lebron james one of the biggest villains in the nba for the last couple of years was the narrative around him leaving cleveland and that's what makes him um polarizing as well is because now he's maybe a more respected guy and the narrative following around lebron james makes him fun to watch yeah i agree with that to an extent but i think like just looking at this specific instance, and maybe like it's less of a problem writ large than I'm making it, but looking at this very specific instance, just like how detached from reality this take is. And like Jared, you mentioned before, the whole idea of like Skip Bayless being detached from reality, but he gets like attention because his detached from reality takes are also detached from what everybody else is thinking. Like it's like a whole third spectrum of like, it's not. This is like detached from reality in a way that like everybody agrees, which yeah. just really bugs me. It's like, it's not even like they're competing narrative. It's like, the Lakers are just great, and like you can't disagree with that. Well, not that you can't, but like then disagree with it, Lucas. Make your pick right now. I mean, I disagree like with win. it, but but like it's not good. It's not a good narrative if you think that like if there's no opposing viewpoint, and like I, mean, I have an opposing viewpoint, but I like they like Charles Barkley doesn't care about what I say, but like when you watch like NBA on TNT, like you know Charles Barkley and Shaq and all of them are all like, oh yeah, like easily so i don't think it's like but do you think it's do you think it's unique to lebron though or no do you... i absolutely don't really like what are i mean in the markets <laughs> yeah i think lebron's crafted his narrative like pretty well like i don't know what his pr team it like helps him coach him up on all that stuff or whatever but like he's crafted his narrative really well where he's like kind of untouchable now like like, like the, the like the lakers <laughs> say again lucas like how he broke the COVID procedures. Yeah. Yeah, and then nobody cared. No. Nobody talked about that. Or like, uh-huh. or he hasn't didn't really play that well coming off the injury, and he was like, oh well, yeah. Look at well, actually, the narrative is look at how bad the Lakers are are without him, right? It's like not. He's kind of untouchable. I feel like at this point. I was reading something on the Athletic with the guy I was talking about how he like there's this whole notion of how he takes game one as like a feel through game yeah. and like nobody can criticize him for losing game ones anymore because it's like expected now it's like oh he's just feeling them out yeah it's like another thing yeah it's funny. game four was a feel through yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean but also to like like their credit like in the last how many seasons he's played he's made the finals like in which he's played in the playoffs is it ten something ridiculous like that yeah. seasons in which he is like you know been on i guess no there was when the, the raptors but that was the year he was hurt so yeah 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 
it does feel i don't know pretty manufactured at the moment a lot of i mean how manufactured ESPN's is it really though it, it feels the the 10 finals is a little bit attached to reality when you talk about <laughs> yeah. lebron james and you know his but he wasn't the pedigree. was he the seven seed any of those times was he coming like off a pretty serious injury like true I don't know. I think this is like context should be considered. Like sure, I get then, that he's made the I get that he's been so dominant, but he's always been the one or two seed. And that's because the team was dominant during the season. The Lakers have clearly struggled. And obviously that's due to injury. And maybe if LeBron and AD were full health, then this would be a different story of them <clears> as the seventh seed. If they were coming back and seemed like they were totally at it, but they okay. don't seem like they're totally on top of it. I mean, AD was good yesterday um lebron has looked solid but like they definitely seem like they've been injured you know (laughs) then aiden and lucas i want to challenge you then make Mm -hmm. your pick right now pick the suns Mm I am. Tell me the Suns. I picked the Suns. I I will. I have for the last two weeks. Yeah, I picked the Suns to make the Western Conference Finals, but like over the in the first month of the season, I'm confident in the Suns. I believe in them. What about about the Chris Paul injury though? Does that does that factor into it? Chris Paul injury. How long? His shoulder. His shoulder. (laughs) Is he out? He's still playing. Yeah, I know, but he's not playing that well. He had like six points. Yeah, he wasn't very good yesterday. Yeah. A lot why, of the Suns like, were a non-factor yesterday. You can't say, um, I want objective coverage, and by default that means I have to pick the Suns. Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think you can admit that there's bias towards LeBron and still think the Lakers will win, which is what I, I the also, side that I'm claiming. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that the media, like, the sports media has a huge bias towards the Lakers. I don't know if there's any, like, franchise in, pro, in basketball that is, like, beloved. No, no, I don't agree. As much as the Lakers, people oh. they were clowning. They were clowning on the Lakers when they couldn't attract free agents for a really long time. They were they were clowning on them. Okay, the Lakers when they're good, there's no better <laughs> combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we can't put. We can't. They're the most bandwagonable franchise. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the Warriors. Anyway, okay. Quickly, how do we see the series playing out? Everyone go around final final series tally. Lakers, Lakers, Suns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going uh, I don't know how many games, but I, I I'm picking the Lakers. I do think the Chris Paul injury is significant, so I'm going Lakers. Lakers in six. Suns in six. Yeah. Lakers in seven. Okay. Oh. I'm gonna say Suns in six, but yeah, seven seems definitely like a possibility. Um, but anyway, moving on to another series. We've only seen one game from Ja in the actual playoffs. We've seen a couple games from him in the play-in games. Um, there are whispers now that Ja should actually have been drafted number one in the draft, in the 2019 draft over Zion, given how electric he's been in the playoffs and the play-in so far. Wyatt, do you agree with that? <clears throat> to answer the question, yes, I do agree. And I believe that this take will officially push me into the Zion hater territory. Yes. So the way Skip Bayless talks about LeBron James, I might have a future talking about Zion Williamson like this. But I don't. I don't dislike Zion at all. <clears throat> Going out of the or into the draft, Zion was a clear number one overall pick. Uh, he's a strong, athletic player. He's a solid brand, and for the New Orleans Pelicans, that's tough to pass up. And unfortunately for John Morant, he went to s- small Murray State. And he got washed out of the March Madness tournament a little bit earlier, probably I think the Sweet 16, if I remember correctly. Jaw 
however, is a far more versatile scorer. He has a more uh, developed mid-range game. He's a guy, He's got a good floater. His shot behind the arc is good, but not great. And it's still farther along, though, than where Zion is at. And his athleticism is still elite for a point guard, which allows him to finish uh, around the rim just as good as anybody else in the league. <clears throat> but the stat that looked at, that pointed out to me the most when I was looking at their numbers is that John Morant has 7.4 assists per game, which is good, compared to Zion's three assists per game. Right, And I know they don't play the same position and John Morant's a ball handler, but... I mean, they're both the focal point of their teams, and they should be initiating the offense a lot or creating opportunities for everybody else. Zion, an advanced stat, um, the <clears throat> excuse me, when John Morant is on the floor, the the Grizzlies assist on twenty six percent of their possessions versus Zion's thirteen percent. So John Morant right now is a better player. He contributes more to the Grizzlies' offense and allows more team-friendly basketball than Zion, who does shoot at a high, an efficient rate in the paint. But, however, it doesn't exactly lead to big opportunities for anybody else. So, John Morant was always a better player, and Zion actually does have a better team. So, John Morant is my guy. 3.7 assists per game for a big man is good. That's not, okay, <laughs> I was going to say, like... Uh, that's I'm pretty sure like that places him towards the top of the league, doesn't it? In terms of big men, I mean he's not Jokic, yeah, but that's like for a second year player, I feel like that's pretty pretty legit for a guy who's not a ball handler. Anyway, that's my only beef. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, I wrote down that uh, saying Jaw has a better mid range than this game, and that makes him a better player is like knocking Kobe because he's worse at scoring in the paint than Shaq. Like I just think it's like they're not comparable yeah. things. Like if you look at all the advanced stats, like I know whatever advanced stats, but I'm, I'll throw it out there. Zion's PER is twenty seven point one. Jaw's is sixteen point seven. Their win share, their win share. Zion's eight point seven. Jaw's three point two. Mm. Like if you look at like their like their three point shooting percentage, Zion's twenty nine point three and Jaw's thirty point three, and that's something that Jaw should unquestionably be a lot higher than oh, Zion. And yeah. yeah, they're both bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like I understand Zion being bad. I don't think Jaw should be that bad. So I just think like looking at like more of the top line stats mixed with the advanced stats. Like I think it paints a clear picture that Zion's better. Plus Zion scores twenty seven points per game. Jaw nineteen point one. Yeah, Jaw's more Jaw's more versatile, but Zion is way better at the one thing he does than Jaw is at like any one thing he does. You can't stop Zion on the paint. Based off freaking sixty one percent. Because sixty one percentage at the end of the day, field goal. At the end of the day, John Morant has had two opportunities to make the playoffs, and Zion mm-hmm. has had zero opportunities to actually make the playoffs. Okay, but you you're. We'll get into this later. You're like so like oh it's the it's the stars' fault and only that stars' fault for not making the playoffs. Then who has a better winning. team, Jared? Because right now we're looking at Zion, Brendan Ingram, Lonzo Ball, a handful of savvy veterans, um, Josh Hart, who was they were traded over there. I mean, they pretty much were. They have a lot of talent on that team versus John Morant, who maybe whose second best star is what Jaron Jackson and Jonas Valanciunas, or um, you know like they. They, the Grizzlies don't have the same amount of talent across the board that the Pelicans do, and yet at the end of the day, the Grizzlies have been in playoff contention more times than the Pelicans have had. 
I do think that that's a good point though. That yeah. like the the underperformance of yeah. the the Pelicans is really weird to me. And like I don't know exactly what's to attribute it. Like I'm not gonna go out and blame it 100 percent on Zion though. I think I don't know. That's a possibility. I'm sure people smarter than I have done analysis of that. But like, was it Steph yeah, Curry's? It is... Was it Steph Curry's fault that they were the eight seed this year? Steph was Curry. it was it Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook's fault that the Wizards aren't bad? Like you can't you can't just yeah, say I mean, because yes, it's a it star is. player Bradley in that team. And Russell Westbrook. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! No, but I mean, I think why like I, looking at their rosters, I feel like the Pelicans' roster is better. It's better, yeah. So yeah. It's, it, it is weird. And first it of all, they play in the same conference. Go ahead. Go ahead. That was literally all I was going to. Okay, add. <laughs> uh, I, I want Zion Williamson. We say he's a big man. He's six seven. He's not like he's a seven footer, and his only ability is to play underneath. He does handle the ball up the court sometimes. People raved about that ability that he could mm-hmm. jump the ball up the court. People told me that he was a better passer. People told me that he might have a sneaky three point percentage shot, but he only takes shots in the paint, and he doesn't add, he doesn't create opportunities for the rest of his team. Like I've like I've said before, and it wasn't just this show. I've said it before earlier in the year where Zion just doesn't create the same opportunities that maybe somebody else does and that he would need another guy like Steph Curry to make the playoffs or another star who could shoot, you know, and, and create more space on the floor versus a guy like John Morant, who is good as a primary ball handler and can uh, create opportunities for everybody else on his team. But don't you think that's somewhat attributed to like the nature of their positions? Like, yeah, John's just going to have more opportunities to create as a point guard than, Zion is playing mostly no. center. Like I know he sometimes <laughs> is the ball handler, but that doesn't happen like that frequently. Basketball has fa- has moved <laughs> far in the into positionless basketball, and again, he's six seven. He can he can play multiple positions outside of the power forward position. But he's he's not like your normal six seven guy. He's not like LeBron. I mean, the dude's enormous, right? Like in terms of weight, I feel like he's, he's towards explosive. the top of the NBA. Yo, he's definitely explosive, but like he does not really have the the body or quickness per se. Even if he's quick for his size, that like a point guard would would require. You can't expect him to be a like a point guard or a primary no, ball handler, right? At his size, like, and I'm not just talking about height. <clears throat> okay, because yeah, like Ben Simmons plays point guard, and like, but Ben Simmons is like lean, and yeah, like, even though he's like, <clears throat> so it's like, I think it's more like body build than it is purely height. Like he's built like a big, he's built, mm-hmm. not quite like Shaq, but it's like the same. Like he's just like a large human being that's like an imposing presence in that game. Mm-hmm. Sure. Then I guess we can have a conversation about the value of a point, a power forward versus yeah. a point guard. Because yeah. then at the end of the day, Zion still wins this argument because he plays a more valuable position. The The league has far moved into a guard-driven league with guys like Steph Curry uh, and Damian Lillard and, and guys like that and have moved farther away from the big man who dominate the paint because Joel Embiid and, jo- and uh, the Joker are unique uh, bodies and unique uh, play styles in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Checkmate. speaking of Shaq, maybe he just maybe he won't be successful until he gets his Kobe. He needs somebody to play off the ball better. I don't know. Lonzo is probably not the answer. I don't know if Brendan Ingram <clears throat> may or may not be the answer. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember we had the conversation last, too, where it seems like as long as he's that one-trick pony that's just taking shots in the paint, almost exclusively, it's like maybe it's too limited. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty fair in terms of um, just output. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean in terms of sure, you know, 
playoff output and obviously there are a lot of variables obviously jaw's been more successful at kind of carrying a team at this point whether that's the factor of him or his position or whatever but i think one thing that's kind of worrying about jaw is that he got like less efficient this year or like pretty much all his like efficiency numbers were down he shot worse from three he shot worse from the field he shot worse from the free throw line like i think that's a little bit i don't want to read too much into it um but that is a bit strange for a guy in their second year I think I expected kind of like after last year, I expected like even bigger numbers this year and they really haven't followed whether that's, you know, just a one year thing or not. It'll be kind of an interesting thing to track. And to set the record straight, it's not that I don't believe Zion could ever, could never get to the point where he could lead a team. But as, as, as of right now, like talking about year two players, I just think John Morant was coming out and still is the better player between the two. Zion's upside is is huge because you can't teach six seven two eighty with a forty five inch vertical. You know you can't you can't just ask anybody to go and do that. But his game is severely limited at the moment. We'll see. It's only his second season. True. So we, it's we'll Johnson. see. Yeah, we'll get we'll get back in ten years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's fair. They're both in their second season. But anyway, okay. Well, John yeah, squeaked yeah, into yeah. the playoffs. They were like the ten. Yeah. Season. And Zion. Did. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah. And Zion didn't make the playoffs. In fact. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the difference isn't huge though. It's not like Jaw was leading them to a two seed. <laughs> 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 no, but the difference between eight and eleven is not to be understated. Yeah. Could he have oh, made the play-in yeah. tournament? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Next year. Next year, yeah. Oh, yeah. Zion will make that play-in tournament. <laughs> anyway, all right, moving on to just the NBA playoffs in general. We've talked about a couple of kind of specific topics. Jared, what did we miss? What What do you want to talk about from the, oh, the first couple days of the NBA playoffs? This is an insight to our group chat. The narrative that Damian Lillard doesn't play winning basketball is complete nonsense. Why? What are you talking about? Uh, every every all-encompassing stat, he is top 10 this season. Win shares, third in the NBA. Plus my Box plus minus, 10th in the NBA. PER, eighth. Value of replacement, fifth. And you still want to tell me it's Dame's fault that, that they don't play well. No, if you actually watch the games, is we just let the Nuggets waltz into the paint and do whatever they want. 50-plus points both games in the paint, and nobody can guard Jokic on our team. I mean, I, and if we if, if the Blazers advance, nobody can block, uh, can stop LeBron or AD or if it's the Lakers <laughs> in that case. <laughs> I'm already buying into that. Then Damian Lillard needs to go to the coach and look at and say, I got J- Jokic. He has to take that opportunity <laughs> on. Why? Come on. You, you can't be, no, you're starting to get detached from reality. No, obviously. I, I think the narrative The narrative here, though, like the question I kind of want to pose, there's a lot of other interesting narratives going on, but like, at what point are we? do we start to say that Portland has officially wasted Dame's, Dame's talent? Because uh, they have Three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my problem with Portland is? And it's... it's I take it out on Damian Lillard a lot because he's the superstar on there. Uh, but Portland just likes to run the same team back every single year and then try yeah, to tell people do. that they're going to win a championship. Yeah. Or at least a lot of Blazers fans start to tell me that this is their year where they try to they jump up and they make a forward <laughs> mm-hmm. leap. But it's still the game day. They still play they most names. of the games yeah. together. And they, just, they, similar, they sit somewhere in the middle of the West. And yeah. Yeah. Damian Lillard does play a high-volume game 
like Russell Westbrook did or Carmelo Anthony did. And it's fun when they win. You're like, wow, look at Dame just put the team on his back. But then when they lose, because Portland isn't exactly all that exciting, um, we just don't we just don't criticize them the same way. Because I I mean yeah, it's just like mm-hmm. Russell Russell Westbrook won an MVP based off of that, where he just like he was the best player on the team by far, and he was taking a bunch of shots and he scored a lot of numbers, and they're like, oh, give him the MVP. We averaged a triple double. It's incredible. And I think I mean pretty much all the. Damian Lillard to me has left for his career is just to go and win an MVP off of like a similar high scoring volume, high assist volume, something like that, and then drive off into the NBA sunset. But I don't think that, you know, him being the number one guy on that team, or at least the way that they build their team, is just going to produce anything noteworthy. CJ is just not good enough as a number two, I think. Yeah. People are saying Kawhi might leave since the Clippers are just getting screwed well, this year, and maybe oh if he I went to the Blazers, that would be interesting. <laughs> That's a that would be, that would be really interesting. Yeah, that like, would also never. He'd probably happen. ruin the ruin the Blazers too. <laughs> uh, I mean, possibly. I, I heard he... like Lillard as a number two is really appealing because like that's exactly what you expect. Lillard would not right? be a two to Kawhi. Okay, one A, one B. But it'd be much different than having CJ as your second score. Here's the thing about CJ and Dame is that they have no ball stoppers on that team, and then they have they get a ball yeah. stopper during the year, and they just kind of let him go. So they get a guy who's a role player, and it's like your job is you're our LeBron stopper this year, as everyone likes to to grab. <laughs> and then during free agency, they just let him walk or they trade him, and then they run back Dame and they run back CJ, and they have no defense. And I think CJ is a guy who can get his own shot. But as far as being like Drew Holiday to, in, to Giannis in uh, Milwaukee or a Clay Thompson to Steph Curry, it, they just don't have that kind of dynamic going there. It's just iso ball. Mm. And yeah. at the end, of, like trade trade CJ for Paul George and see if they'll do that because they need a they need another bucket getter in Los Angeles, and Paul George isn't really doing it. So just trade Paul. Tell Paul you're a stopper. He guards our number one, and Damian Lillard is the guy who is going to score with the bulk of the points. Yeah. I can't think of another defensive stopper. Paul George was just the one that came to mind. <laughs> and I want to I want to talk about this narrative as well because Push it. specifically Kawhi oh, Leonard go, go. and the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> right now they're down 2-0 yeah. to the Mavericks. They tanked the last two games to avoid the Lakers in for rounds <laughs> 1 and 2 to pr- get the matchup that they preferred with the Dallas Mavericks. And Luca has owned them every step of the way so far in the playoffs. Kawhi yeah. Leonard left mm-hmm. Toronto, where he won a championship, when I thought was a perfect situation for him mm-hmm. to go to LA <laughs> yeah. to build a super team to convince everybody that they're gonna go and he's gonna lead his third team to the finals and win another championship. And he was this championship guru, and he's fallen far <laughs> short of that. And I believe that Kawhi Leonard has made a huge mistake by leaving Toronto, and his legacy is uh, a danger if they get bounced in the first round this year. Yeah, Agreed. I think, too, because looking back on it, Kawhi stepped into essentially two already championship-ready teams. Like, yes. <clears throat> he was, like, this first one was, like, the Spurs. Like, it was the tail end of it, but it was still, like, the Spurs dynasty of, like, Duncan and Parker and Ginobili, and he provided, like, the nice young energy on that team. And then, like, the Raptors had been, like, a top few seed in the, the previous years mm-hmm. before that. And, and like swept like, by LeBron, like that and was just like, so, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so then LeBron moves to the West, and like, who knows if like LeBron had moved to the West earlier, would that have happened earlier? Like, 
I'm not convinced that the Raptors wouldn't have made it out of the East if LeBron hadn't been there before. So, like, did he help that team? Like, absolutely he did. But him, like, now doing his own thing and trying to do his own thing and just falling flat on his face is, like, a little concerning to me in terms of, like, no, it is. how he's viewed. We don't yeah. talk enough about the fact that he demanded that Paul George come, and now the Clippers don't yeah. have a draft pick until, like, 27. <laughs> They're just so screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if he leaves, it'll be triply funny. <laughs> yeah, they, could, they could both leave because I think Paul George is on a three-year contract, and he has like, mm-hmm. two years left. And Kawhi Leonard was on a two and one with an opt out. So I think he could. They could both leave, and the Clippers could have absolutely nothing. But the thing with the Clippers <laughs> is that nothing that they've ever done in their franchise history has convinced me that they know how to navigate the playoffs and win a championship. <laughs> and yet every year, yeah, at least the last two years. They're trying to convince us that they know how to win a championship and navigate through the playoffs. And it's it's embarrassing to watch the Clippers just fall on their face over and over and over again. Because we thought yeah, Pandemic so P last year was bad. P- pandemic P is back, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're, the they're, they're, just, yeah. they're so embarrassed. Patrick Beverly getting barked at by Luca. He was a pass before, and now he's just a liability pretty much. Kawhi refuses to go and say that I'm guarding the number one guy. Paul George refuses yeah, to go and say I'm it. guarding the number one guy. And I mean, it's, 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 it's not good at all. They are forever going to be the little brothers in LA if they keep playing the way that they do. Yeah, dude, I don't yeah. like the Clippers. I just don't like yeah, their mentality. I don't like everything yeah. they're about. I do not like the Clippers. Yeah, I think so. yeah. everybody's happy to see them not that's succeed. <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's good, at least. Yeah. And I think, too, like, this season, too, proves a certain narrative that it is in some way more about the players than it is about the coach. Because, like, Doc Rivers left to the Sixers, first in the East. They get a new coach, exact same result. And, like, mm. I, I just think that, like, year after, like, year, after year. In both of these years where this has, like, existed, like, they've underperformed in, like, the exact same way. Like, and I don't know how you remedy that other than, like, a total culture change or, like, change of, like, mentality amongst the players. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they told us that they sold, that they fixed their mentality because they traded Mont or they got rid of Montrez Harrell. <laughs> they traded Lou Whale. We, we are a different team coming and back. They, they replaced <laughs> their coach. Yeah. Exactly. Who's, who's now a one seed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> championship or bust, blah, 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 blah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's looking like Lou Whale might be laughing from the second round of the Laugh playoffs at the Clippers. Yeah. Sweet we'll see. Yeah, Knicks are up now. Yeah, I know. Good comeback. But we'll see. We don't have to have a whole um, discussion about this. I do want to mention Trey Young is a lot better than I think I've ever get really given him credit for because I thought that he was a, a oh. Walmart version of Steph Curry, or he was a little poor. Like he he had no real defensive uh, presence whatsoever. They he was just kind of be a high high volume shooter again in the league. I mean he's playing some really good basketball in, in a big moment in his playoff debuts. I like what I see from Trey Young. Very impressed. Did you see the the flyers they handed out tonight at the garden for all the fans to chant? What was it? No. Yeah, hold on, I'll look it up. I want to get it exactly right. Um, hold on, opening Twitter. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, Trey it's was really fun. cocky after, and he had reason to be cocky after. You know, it's kind of yeah. But hold on, but... it was. 
Trey Young's balding. So they had a flyer to, to everyone at the garden tonight and told them that the chant for tonight, like instead of like, let's go Knicks with Trey Young's balding. Oh my goodness. Dude, the, the garden I, I think was we packed could, yeah. too. Yeah. It was crazy. I know. <laughs> I, I saw a tweet attached to it that was like, this is why we only let the Knicks in the playoffs once every 10 years. Stuff like this. My favorite thing about the New York Knicks right now is that there's always a clip when you turn on Sports Center or you or you turn on uh, Fox Sports or whatever. There's a clip of the celebrity or there's a Spike Lee on the sidelines. Spike Lee, Tracy in, barking, yeah. He's like pulling out yeah. his mask right now. He's yelling at Trey yeah. Young. And then they show Trey hit a big shot as a highlight. And then it cuts back to Spike Lee and he's just standing there with his mouth <laughs> wide open. And it's like it's – it's the same thing every single time because every time they cut to Spike Lee, he's talking trash, and then they silence him. And I don't, at this point, Spike Lee is hurting the Knicks more than he's ever helped them. Uh, Aiden, do you have any commentary on the Knicks as a Knicks fan? Uh, it wouldn't be a Knicks game without Spike Lee there. You know, it just it, it just wouldn't be the same. But, but yeah. That is, it is a vicious cycle. It is getting absolutely silenced. Um, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. The The Knicks looked pretty good in game one for a team whose best player was like pretty awful. Um, so I don't know. I have, I have hope. Um, I have hope that the Knicks will turn around. But anyway, um, anyone else have any other topics we've, we've gone over? So it better be a good topic. Well, you've got speaking one. of the Knicks, I just yeah. wanted to say yeah. shout out Julius Randle winning most improved player. Yeah. Super well deserved. Very happy for him. Super well deserved. Yeah. I think that's yeah. why him winning or Trey winning the series would make me happy either way because they're both gonna deserve it. So yeah. I just yeah. Also, Julius Randle, like talk about playing up in a contract year. Like that dude's about to get a <laughs> massive contract, and like not that he would have gotten a big contract, you know, previously, but not near what he's gonna get this off season. Hopefully from the Knicks. Um, but how about shout anyway, out to the yeah. past Lakers who've won awards in Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson. I know, you know, who who both have stepped up since being spurned by NBA, <laughs> NBA royalty. <laughs> um, still carry the Lakers this, bias with them, you know. Yeah, like exactly. it's, just, it's, like, it's like it marks you for life. Okay, moving into our next segment, we're gonna we're gonna talk about sports more generally, um, kind of specifically around uh, the controversy with horse racing at the moment um horse racing has had a, a rough couple of years um there's been rampant use of steroids in the sport you know we've seen that this year with the kentucky derby winner um after the fact um it being exposed that he he or she i'm not sure the, the horse, <laughs> i guess it's a he the horse tested positive for steroids so again shame on that horse um but in a in more worrying trends they're also worries about the treatment of animals in the sport i mean there are pretty shocking numbers from um, apparently from t- july 2018 to june 2019 there were 49 horse death horse deaths at the famous santa anita racetrack in california um, there have been serious worries about kind of whether the sport is actually um ethical uh, but anyway so th- there's renewed discussion around that um, we're going to take this chance not to talk about horse racing, but to talk about other sports that we think should be banned in a segment that we are calling Ban That Sport. Um, we're going to do this every week, so no. Uh, but we're gonna have, <laughs> Until there are no sports <laughs> no, no left. Sports left. Um, but anyway, we're going we're gonna to pick a sport. Each of us is going to pick a sport that we think should be straight up 
um, eliminated from society because of danger, because of ethics, because of, you know, maybe just boringness. Uh, but we're going to start with Lucas. Lucas, what sport are you uh, dinging to ban? I'm going to stay in the arena of horses, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go with polo. First off, <laughs> it is also dangerous for the horses. Like, and you're like, if the whole like ethical concerns about using horses are what we're basing this off of, polo faces the same one. Second, I think it's boring. Like, I've never, I've never seen a polo match on TV. The only context where it's ever relevant is as like a meeting ground for British royals. Like, I think I'm like, oh, like, like I think that's how like Princess Diana and whatever Prince Charles met. Ground for well dressed or something people. like that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly and like who's gonna miss it like a bunch of british aristocrats like we, we shouldn't care about them so like it hurts the horses it's not interesting very few people are gonna miss it are polo highlights of polo <laughs> <laughs> top 10 yeah yes they are although it will make it hard for like like the polo brand, like if they do away with the sport, like, explain it to the kids. Like what if polo is canceled? Polo yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that'll be hard for the brand. I think that'll be fun. <laughs> fair, okay. So in my yeah. book, polo's out. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry to the. It's it's hard because the rest of the podcast, the other four contributors, all play polo weekly. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, we actually don't include Lucas in our games because I don't know he's annoying about the whole like Lucas treatment thing. Polo, but yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, but but Wyatt, okay, what are, what are you going with? Um, I think the easiest option ethically is either bullfighting or bull riding. Mm, yeah. uh, but I'm gonna pick something else. I'm gonna I'm scrolling through here some of the more other dangerous sports and I'm gonna go with water polo because I heard that they what? they're pretty much just going around just trying to drown the other team yeah. and, and you just hold That's them so underwater true. and if I played water polo I think I would be furious every time somebody kind of tried to swim up next to me I have no idea how deep the pools are I have zero actual research when it comes to water polo I can't tread water personally so it's not a sport that I'd be interested in. And uh, I'm gonna ban it now from from yeah. the Youth Out podcast. Yeah. There we go. I think we're okay don't don't that. mention water polo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're just very much like polo in any form. Yeah. <laughs> Next is air. No, I'm about to say what is left. What remains? <laughs> no, I, I I I went with UFC. I just don't get the entertainment value in it. I think it's like. I, don't know, I just think it's super cruel and like I, I don't really like get what's entertaining about about that but I mean I don't know we've been watching people kill each other back in the gladiator days so I guess this is tame no but no I I, I definitely yeah. have never watched a UFC fight never will I know it's really popular but I have no interest in it yeah yeah i just feel like i've been in like i don't know like restaurants or like normal places before where there's like UFC going on in the background <laughs> people like getting like seriously beat up just blood you know coming yeah. out and just like there I'm like really we're gonna <laughs> yeah. we're all gonna watch this together it feels a little bit brutal but boxing i have no problem with boxing's totally fine <laughs> yeah, i'm, I'm kind of joking i mean boxing's cool it's they different it though yeah yeah exactly yeah if only <laughs> for the club, movies so. yeah, yeah what's, what's the best ufc movie you've seen name one come on what's the, what's it called anyway, the, yeah. i think it's called uh I can't think of it. There yeah, was one that actually was are, Yeah, there yeah. are some. Yeah. I'm going to no, look at that are. right now. No. 
<laughs> Who's next? But, yeah. Bart okay, well, out. speaking of Let's boxing, see. I actually do want to pick boxing. <laughs> I don't know if this is boring since you went with UFC, but uh, I also just don't like it. Like, as a viewer, I don't think it's fun to watch. I think it's, like, a little bit overly barbaric and unnecessary. And then oh, I also I looked into it. Uh, say again? I said I have another answer. I was just thinking out loud. Yeah. But okay. I'll, go, I'll go again at the end. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was just... So I looked at some stats. Apparently 10 to 13 people die each year from boxing, which is crazy. Oh, my goodness. You know, like, the professional professionals don't wear headgear. I looked up why, and it was apparently so that they can show their faces to be more, like, recognizable, which is insane. Even if you don't die, you get CTE, probably, like like NFL yeah. players. Or you have, like, Parkinson's or some other stuff that it's been associated with. So, yeah, I think it's just, like, I would rather watch sports that are a little more strategic and not yeah. so purely violent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I'll, I'll let Wyatt have the last word, so I'll, I'll go next. Um, I'm saying, yeah, first a side note that in my intense research on the subject, um, I came across a blog post. Obviously, there are ridiculous blog posts everywhere. But anyway, um, it was one that was listing the top five sports that should be banned with the criteria being sports that are dangerous <laughs> and or inhumane. And <laughs> see if you can spot the one that doesn't belong of the top five. We've got bullfighting, hella skiing, high altitude mountain climbing, yak skiing, and tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read the exact same article yeah. later. Oh my god. Shout out Yak Skiing. Exactly. Apparently, you attach yourself to a yak. They like throw something to the top of like a hill, uh, top of a snowy <laughs> hill, so that the yak will go and get it. And so the yak starts running up the hill with you attached to it. Oh my god. That's Oh my god. Yes, it is. How dare you, Jared? Uh, but, <laughs> right. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're explanation. They said tennis injuries are only limited are not only limited to joints and ligaments. Um, tennis players sustain a number of injuries. There were over ninety thousand reported in two thousand eleven, but we're just we're just talking about the injuries that were so bad that they required medical attention. Most ankle and wrist injuries surely were never reported. So think about that before you go to sleep tonight. Yeah, to <laughs> this to person one hundred percent got injured while playing tennis. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, they've been hurt. Uh, but for my, for my actual sport, I'm going with dressage. Um, which is an Olympic sport. It's um, essentially horse training. So I'm, I'm continuing our trend of um, poo-pooing horses. Um, I think all horse sports should be banned. And essentially it's oh, the horse and rider are expected to perform from memory a series of predetermined movements. So they're essentially just like they have a script and they're supposed to like act it out to some degree. Um, and it's it's just stunning to me that this is a sport. Like imagine if a human like you know was <laughs> was like oh like this guy has to like pick up you know that stapler and then like i don't know drop that and then you know move his left foot it's like it's if that were a sport um and i also i really count off any sport that has like the like a lot of subjectivity in it in terms of like judges and apparently there are judges scoring from zero to ten here like it's you know the dunk contest um and yeah, they all wear ridiculous costumes. They have scribes who are responsible for writing down the judges' comments um, and being smartly dressed as a requirement for the scribes. Um, it just oh all God. seems very showy and like just ridiculously expensive, uh, kind of in the same vein as polo. Um, but yeah, horses be expensive is the lesson here. Um, Let the horses <laughs> speak. 
Exactly. <laughs> Let the horses unionize. Come on. <laughs> but anyway, that. I th- oh, Wyatt. Yeah, we have to. We must return uh, to your uh, second sport they're going to ban. We're going to, um, you know, allow an exemption. I was doing Wyatt. a lot of reading, and yeah. ter- apparently, cheerleading is a really high concussion mm. rate, which I thought was interesting. Mm. That's not the sport. Mm. The sport that I'm picking is baseball, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Oh my god. <laughs> We know oh, it's coming. And I should have said that in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Virtually. <laughs> Why it's only... It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why it's only in it for the brawls. So I, I hope brawls remain in baseball um, for Wyatt's sake. Brawls. Um, but anyway, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're going to move on for our final segment to the NFL um, we're going to talk about some Julio Jones news. As we discussed earlier, um, he divulged, you know, possibly um, illegally, uh, the fact that he is out of Atlanta um, to Shannon Sharp on the phone. Shannon, you know, creating, laying that trap for him, um, <laughs> getting those words out there. <clears throat> we already see DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Brown recruiting Julio. Bart, which team most needs Julio's services? Yeah, so I'm just going to go through and name some teams that make sense. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to end with the one that I think makes the most sense. We'll see what you guys think. Lucas mentioned the Ravens. I don't really mm-hmm. subscribe to that mainly because they don't really have the cap space for it. Yeah. They Coolio is expensive. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if you, if you get him in a trade, you can finagle that. But like, I don't know how that would work. So I'm going to assume that it's not going to change. Uh, so one team that stuck out was the Jags. Just because they have the most <laughs> cap space in the league. Obviously, they would want to help Trevor Lawrence out with another stud wide receiver. The problem is Julio's been quoted as saying he wants to win now. Jags are clearly not in win now mode, so I think they're out. Uh, the Niners, I think, are a candidate. He's played in Kyle Shanahan's offense before. I don't think they have a super strong wide receiver core outside of Brandon Ayuk, like George Kittle notwithstanding. Um, the problem is that maybe Julio's trade value isn't super high anymore because of like all this weird stuff that he's been doing on the call and whatnot, but the Niners don't really have a ton to offer. So I think that's probably their biggest knock against them. The Pats I've seen as well. We know that Bill Belichick likes to, likes to finesse for younger, or I'm sorry, older stud wide receivers who did the same thing with Randy Moss when he got him for a fourth. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think they would like to get another good wide receiver for Cam slash Mac Jones because their wide receiver core isn't super strong. The Browns is one that I think is interesting. Ooh. Yes. Like on, on, at first I thought, wait, what? Because they already have Odell, they already have Jarvis Landry, right? Yeah. But the Browns are very much in win-now mode. They have a bunch of cap space. Yeah. They don't have a ton of guaranteed money tied up in those two wide receivers, so maybe if they prefer Coolio, they could make that work and let one or both of them walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like just helping Baker look good because like they definitely could be in a, you know a Super Bowl contender this year. So I think they're also a strong candidate. But the team that I like the most, I don't know <laughs> if this is a hot take, is the Colts actually. Yeah. Mm. The Colts I think make a lot of sense. I think they're still in win now mode, or they want to be. Despite trading for Carson Wentz, I say despite because I don't, I don't think he's that good, but Frank Wright <laughs> yeah. clearly does. Yeah. Their wide receiver core behind T.Y. Hilton is very average, like at best. Their yeah. defense is strong. I saw that like Frank Reich's offense generates a ton of man coverage looks, which is what Julio is best at. I tried to look through some PFF stats, and it seems like he's still good at that. Um, and they also just have a bunch of cap space. I think they can make it yeah. work. They have some, some uh, trade capital. So I, I actually like the, the Colts. And generally, I think the, uh, the Falcons are going to try to ship him out of the NFC. So. Gotcha. Yeah. That's yeah. that's where I'm at with that. Yeah. That's a good pick. 
I think that makes sense. I, I went with the team, the other team in their, that division that's recruiting him, the, the Titans. I think that would be a really fun, like, three-headed monster of Julio, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. And honestly, like, Ryan Tannehill, I know the Cardinals were, like, kind of the other team thrown out there. Cardinals makes no sense. Like, don't do that. You, If you're Julio, you don't want to go to the Cardinals. Hardest division in football, probably. Probably the worst quarterback in that division, even though, like, Kyler's not bad, but probably the worst quarterback. Actually, no, not, that's not true. But he, worst coach. he's worst coach for sure, and like worst <laughs> team overall, wow. right? And like a pretty tough division. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think Titans like Ryan Tannehill's <clears throat> honestly like a pretty solid passer. Like thirty three touchdowns, seven picks last year, really solid yeah. year. Don't yeah. sleep on him as a runner either. Seven rushing touchdowns. I didn't realize that for Ryan Tannehill. But yeah, uh, yeah I like that. I like that fit. I think I didn't look at cap space though. I, be honest. I think I the, the Colts are extremely plausible because all they do is acquire draft capital. They just love to get like second and third round picks and they could probably, it would have cost them a second round pick to get um, Julio Jones. I know they traded some second round picks, conditional second round picks to go get Carson, Carson Wentz. Yeah. But I think that that's a really good pick. I think that depending on how good Carson Wentz is, allows them to be in win now mode. But I think my pick is the only pick that makes sense to any, anything. And it's the Green Bay Packers. Because as far as right now, the way the Green Bay <laughs> Packers go, there is a fractured relationship between them and Aaron Rodgers, which is no secret. Aaron Rodgers has had a fractured relationship from the Green Bay Packers for like the last like five years, I would say. It was yeah. long before the Jordan Love pick. Yeah. But he, he said to Kenny Mayne when he was on ESPN that it's not about Jordan Love and he loves the players and yeah. he loves the coaches. It's about the philosophy and and about the Pete and they don't recognize the people that make the motor the culture the culture they don't make they don't recognize <laughs> the people that make the Green Bay Packers go like Aaron Rodgers and I think the easiest solution is that at worst it costs them a very late first round pick which gives them a lot of flexibility in the future to still be able to get guys and build another team but what would be the 30th overall pick or the 32nd overall pick if they traded for Julio Jones and they won a Super Bowl? You get Aaron Rodgers, the guy he wants. You get to keep Jordan Love. You get to let him develop in the background. And you can say, Aaron, we're building for right now. You give him a contract where you can restructure some money so you can get Julio. You got Julio locked in for like the next like two years. You got Aaron Rodgers locked in for the next two years. Everyone's cool. We, you don't have to fire a GM. You don't have to get rid of the young players. Everybody just kind of rides off into the NFL sunset, and they maybe possibly have a chance to win a championship. And if they don't win a championship, what else do you want them to do then? You don't win a championship? Well, we got Julio. You have Devontae Adams. We re-signed Aaron Jones. At that point, it's just like it wasn't our year, and there are no more excuses. That offense could be like a 40 uh, points per game offense. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Could challenge the Cowboys for top offense. Of the <laughs> That's a good point, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for Aaron Rodgers saying all these things, like getting the Packers to, to like bend over backwards for him, basically, and then just retiring. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> they traded Julio, and then Rodgers was just gone. Hey, I'm not coming back anymore. That'd be super d- dumb, but it would be funny. Yeah, Did you see but... the photos of him in Hawaii? I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, he seems like he's having a great time. He doesn't need the NFL. Either. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's on vacation he's in Hawaii. He could be on vacation for the next 10 years. You know? So he's not, not practicing football. He seems, yeah. It would not appear, but <laughs> the football is off camera. Yeah. But... Yeah. <laughs> No, I, yeah, I think all the places thrown out 
um, makes sense. I, I really just do want him to go to the Browns. I don't know why. Um, I, I want to see the Browns really like send it this year and they do oh, have yeah. the gap space. So he, that'd be just such a ridiculous receiver. They're player. willing to do it. I don't think, too. I'm not sure if they will. Um, I, I don't really see it, but oh, that'd be a ridiculous core. I'm just going to throw out a random team that technically doesn't make sense, <laughs> but I don't rule them out. And it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Who I although (laughs) would have to find a way to make the money work, but I don't know if they're paying Patrick Mahomes yet. I have to look into that. Uh, But (laughs) I don't feel like, as far as like I said, what what would be the thirty-second overall pick if the Packers traded away their first rounder? If it costs the Chiefs a first rounder, which it might cost them less because they're in the AFC, um, what would be Mm. the thirty-second overall pick to the Kansas City Chiefs if they went and traded for Julio Jones? Because then you have Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. Go for it, you, you know. I wouldn't exactly want him to go to that team, yeah, but I, I definitely don't think don't that that would that. be completely out of the realm of possibility. I kind of feel like the Bucks having Mike Evans the Bucks and Godwin well. and then signing Gronk and Antonio Brown with just like an overload. But I, looking at I can see the Bucks cap space, I don't think the Chiefs are possible. Here's the thing about cap space, mm. and I get that that is a number it's that we're real. like, it's not real. Yeah. They, the, way, <laughs> the, the way that the NFL navigates through cap space, they'll just switch some things around. They'll restructure a contract here. They'll cut some guys. If Julio's available and they can get him, I think that they would just move some money around and, and make it work. And you put everything on the back end and you restructure Julio, whatever. Whatever it might, it might cost, you just make it work. It's like the national debt. It's like, it doesn't really just keep borrowing. Yeah, you, know, it's like, Whatever. you just keep pushing it down. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I do feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might be in there, too, but I don't know. No, they won't. They're in the same Oh, division. that would be absurd. Yeah, that oh, would be true. absurd. That's true. Yeah, that, I don't The Bucs would be funny, though. I'm sure Julio would that love to go would there. That would be but funny. Oh, no, that, Atlanta will never do that. So. It has to be Green Bay. Although, looking at, <laughs> looking at the edits... Julio does not look good in the green, I gotta say. <laughs> so disappointing. I'm sure that's a factor for him. Huge too. factor. Yeah. But... It should, it should be. It really should be. 